Hi there. It's Asla. Uh, some of you might be hearing my name for the first time, so the pronunciation might be quite interesting for some of you, especially those that do not speak Turkish. I'm recording the first podcast episode um, for Naif. Why I'm doing this is because I wanted to bring the idea of the magazine, the concept, closer to the reader. Um, to give you guys a better understanding of Naif. I'm in the studio with Daniel, Matthew, Zeynep and Hassan right now. They're my little support right now. <laughs> um, the next episodes will cover parts of the magazine that I want to discuss or want to dive deeper into. And for each episode, I will be with a few people in the studio um, to have a little bit of a different input into this entire thing because obviously um, that makes it way easier to understand. You guys want to say hi? Hey. <laughs> hi. Hey. It's good to have you guys here in the studio with me. Um, it's some sort of a troublesome day for all of us. I feel like um, there's some sort of tension, but that should be fine. I feel like it might make discussing this today a little bit more interesting because it will give a different perspective. Um, so I'm quite okay with it. Anyways, this podcast will only be in English as I do not want to confuse those that do not speak um, Turkish or German. But yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> so, Naif. Have I taught you guys why I called it Naif? Have I discussed it with any of you? No? no. So, basically, when I decided that I want to call my magazine Naif, I thought about the definition in Turkish. When we call somebody naive in Turkish, we actually mean that they do not know the bad, the evil. They have no experience with it. Like a baby. Like a baby, exactly. Or a child. Someone who hasn't seen the bad to expect it in the first place. Why I chose this was when I put certain words into my magazine, certain images into my magazine, I want the reader to be naive to everything I write because that makes you understand more or put yourself into the writer's shoes. Gives you a different perspective. I already mentioned um, quite a lot of times that naive is... A social project almost you know and I'll actually read one part of the editor's letter where I described the concept behind naive um, that I think is quite fitting naive is a concept magazine created by me in collaboration with other artists naive is a safe space for conversations of the heart mind and soul Naif is a platform created for people that want to open up and discuss topics that matter to them. Naif is a stage for art and artists. Naif is a social and political statement. Naif is a movement. 
So obviously, I will not only speak of matters of the heart. This edition is matters of the heart. But for next editions, I'm thinking politics. I'm thinking, you know, psychology, deeper stuff, stuff that maybe some people have not, you know, dived into yet. So I need people to be naive here. I need them to be open-minded, to be ready to have conversations or to read perspectives that might be very foreign to them. So I'm asking you, the reader, to be absolutely naive here. Can you do that for me? <laughs> so that's the concept behind naive. All images are, for this edition, are um, from me, I um, use my analog camera mostly for this um, edition. I featured poems of Precious and Awen and a beautiful text by Amina. And I hope that we can dive deeper into those with the, these podcasts that we're doing now. For this episode in particular... I am going to read probably my favorite favorite part of this edition because it was a little bit of a surprise for me to write this as well. And I was scared as F <laughs> when I wrote this and when I let this go into print. I really was scared because I was like, how are people gonna feel about this? How are they gonna receive this and, and you know, um, take this message that I just put out there? It's a very personal topic. It's one that I hadn't even spoken to my friends about when I wrote that. So for me, it was such a scary thing to know that this was going to be printed a hundred times and end up in hundred different hands. <laughs> I really was scared that's, that people will read this and say, oh shit, she's really ballsy for doing that. <laughs> um, as I'm recording this, I've sold almost all copies. I already had some feedback. I had people come to me, giving me feedback about this particular text, saying that, damn, I have balls. <laughs> but yeah, I do have balls. I gotta say that. <laughs> I'll just get into this, read this little text for you guys from the section Geborgenheit. Before I get into it, I'd like to mention that I divided um, Naive into different sections and I gave them names of different languages since I really wanted to make clear that this is a space for other cultures as well. This isn't Eurocentric or this isn't centered around the English language. Obviously the podcast will stay English but in the future I will um, put like texts from other languages or written in other languages as well. So, with the first section, Dariadu, Naive displays poetry. For this edition, Naive has the honor to publish writings of Precious and Awin, as I mentioned before. Geborgen is a section for matters of the heart, a section for feelings. For Geborgenheit, I had Amina and myself 
write from the heart. The lens covers photography and this time launches series five of the already existing online photography project with the same name on Instagram. And then there's the last, no, actually almost last section, Fakara, which is there to discuss more serious topics. But for this edition, it's covering emotional openness and it resembles Gebrungheit in a few ways. The last section is what feeds the soul. Um, it's just to showcase sources of inspiration, like music, writings, and all that. In the future, that's going to be a more fun and broad um, section. It might even be my second favorite <laughs> after Geborgenheit. Okay, so let's get back to Geborgenheit and the text that I have written for this one. It's a bet you wish you never fell in love with the writer. Are you guys ready? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It was the beginning of October when I was sitting on a plane to start a journey far away from a reality that I'll no longer fit in. Girl on the loose, some would say. It seemed like it too. I had packed my bags, settled somewhere else, and started from scratch. The city I would come to would have yet to know my name, and I would have plenty of space and freedom to create a personal slightly different from who I was back home. But it wasn't really that. I just felt it in my heart. I had grown out of a shell that I had once loved, but no matter what I did, I simply didn't fit in anymore. I kissed everyone goodbye and decided it was time for change. Change of scenery, of mind, but most importantly, it was time for a change of heart. So I kissed everyone goodbye, including you. But while everyone else received one goodbye, you received plenty. July, August, September, October, I said goodbye a million times and you almost didn't believe me when I told you I was leaving in 10 days. You had been the last thing keeping me, the last thing keeping me anchored in the city. But nothing made sense for the both of us anymore. We had stopped wanting to be with each other on this journey, just like everything else. This too had become a reality I had to accept. We had grown out of our time together. I was drunk from a couple goodbyes I had given on my last night out in our city and you didn't want to leave my side. I didn't want to cry. I didn't want you to know how bad it hurt me to look at you, not knowing when or if I would get to be like this with you again. Maybe it was easier for you. After all, I had prepared you for this with a million previous goodbyes before this final one. You got me a cab and we stood on the street waiting. I couldn't stand still, so you grabbed me by my waist. We locked eyes and you laughed in my face, saying I was stupid. My heart sang, not because I was offended, but because this had been our way of expressing our love by calling each other stupid. I said it back and you said it again. This went on until the cab arrived. We stopped and hugged one last time with my head resting on your shoulder, a shoulder that I once used to fall asleep on. I couldn't help but cry. But I didn't want you to see me cry. I 
knew I had to move on. I knew I had to leave and follow what I had planned for myself. I got into the cab, and before you closed the door for me, you gave me one last look and said, remember you have goals and dreams, you have a talent, pursue that, and don't let your feelings cloud your vision. I believe in you, make me proud. You closed the door, and I took off as the tires started rolling. I watched you walk away as the distance between us grew bigger. With tears streaming down from my face, I felt like I was falling to pieces. That October night, I didn't know that it would take me 264 more days to actually let you go. But I uh, finally decided it was time to accept that some loves can be real and still not end like fairy tales. Because truth is that two people can love each other but still fail to make it work. And as it sounds like absolute tragedy, it just is a part of life and everyone gets to hear this everywhere. But nobody tells you that true love sticks. No matter what, the love remains. <laughs> 264 days since that October night. 361 days since my first goodbye. And I've learned that some people you are just meant to love from a distance. At first it felt terribly suffocating and I carried your ghost with me to every single place I went and I introduced you to people that wanted to replace you. But as the days passed and as life happened, regardless of me being stuck in the past, I started to accept your absence. But you know me. <laughs> I'm the girl that immortalizes her love on paper by using words for eternity. You know, you knew this from the start. From the very beginning and loved having me use you as my muse for words quoted by crowds foreign to you. You called my work a language of love. And with that you were right. All these words inspired by your presence and your now existing absence are forming letters that you don't have to read anymore. I will still celebrate the memory of you and the precious gift of sharing one part of our lives together. Even if I love someone new in ways I couldn't love you. I bet sometimes you regret having fallen in love with the writer. Just remember though, what I write once used to be love letters, but now are all thank yous. And if you're reading or listening to this now, thank you for everything. It was a pleasure to witness your life and I understand we're strangers now, but that's how life turned out for us. And we still managed to be happy. And, I, and as I finish writing another text inspired by you, I add a million more goodbyes. <laughs> and that's the text that I wrote for this. <laughs> Anyone want to cry? <laughs> it's really funny um, because when I wrote this, I did not expect myself to feel this way, to get there emotionally. So when I wrote this in my sister's apartment, I was crying. I was crying like a baby. <laughs> Matthew is going to say something. Uh, could you say, like, um, you're over him completely? Yeah. I would, I would say that with this, I'm over him. So that means if you see him on the road, you would, you would act like normal. <laughs> I see you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so the tea here is coming to the studio today 
I saw a certain somebody <laughs> that I didn't expect to see. The muse behind this text, my ex-lover, my first love. Um, in Turkish, we would say my first pain in the eye. It goes out. You guys, get, you're a lot to laugh. <laughs> my Turkish friends here, they're just giggling in silence. Or maybe even cringing. But <laughs> I did see him. Thank you, Matthew, for asking me this right now. I might kill you later after the podcast. But I did see him and I got nervous. But I felt some sort of relief because I looked at him and I was like, wow, I do not feel the way I did like when I was in love with you. It's just like, it's nice to see you. You look healthy. <laughs> He's laughing. That's rude. No, but like, I'm happy if you're happy. I'm happy. Life turned out this way. You know, I just, I moved on. I thank him for the experiences. Everything is an experience in life. I grew through him. I actually say this so much, but I'm going to say it again here to make it official. A lot of my character or a lot that I am today, I sort of owe to him because he taught me so much. Not just like actively taught me. I mean also passively by being with me and then you know, leaving me, it just taught me a lot. And it pushed me to pursue things because I realized that sometimes feelings can really cloud you. I've always been the sort of person, emotions go first. I always thought about this and I was like, no matter what in life, I will always prefer my feelings and I would always go by feelings. But that's not always smart. Because sometimes you mess your blessings by letting your heart mess with your blessings. So I was blind for a long time because I was so heartbroken. But I called him before like actually moving away to London. And I was like, if I gave up everything, and this is something nobody knows. I called him and I was like, if I gave up everything for you, would that change something about our situation? Would you come back to me? And he was angry. He said, if I see you give up your goals for any man, I will never respect you ever again. He said that. He was like, you have a talent. You got to pursue that. You have a dream. You better pursue that. Make me and everyone else proud. And make sure your enemies, re enemies regret the shit out of that. So. He's right though. He's right. He is. I learned a lot about this. Any questions you guys have regarding this text? No. Would you say uh, he was an influence? He was an influence for what? Um, for certain things in your life. I can say for, for writing in the magazine. Oh, for sure. I feel like maybe if he never came into my life, I probably would never have this magazine. 
He inspired so much. Credit. <laughs> Imagine he calls me after this. He's like, bitch, you better have my money. You better have my money. <laughs> no, he would never do that. But if you're listening to this, I'm not naming names, you know. If you're listening to this, sorry for ignoring you when I saw you today. <laughs> <laughs> You look great. You looked healthy. I hope you're okay. Um, thank you for everything. This is probably the last time I'm using you as my muse because I found a new muse. Not gonna lie. And oh, <laughs> no, it's just like no. He knows when I was with him, I had another muse, and then when I was with him, like with with him, I had him as my muse. And I kept him as my muse. But now there's somebody new. This is the thing about artists. If you're gonna date an artist, you you have to know this. You have faith. You have to know this. You are a temporary muse. Somebody else will replace you. <laughs> oh my god, I feel terrible. No, jo all jokes aside, I do appreciate you. It was great with you. And I have no harsh feelings. That's the message that I wanted to deliver. You look very inspired right now, Zainab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you touched me with your words. But my first question would be like, um, you said that you said goodbye to him many times. Yeah. Um, how did it feel like when it was reality? Like you're sitting on a plane, leaving the city for real this time? <laughs> I cried so many times. I cried so much. I cried everywhere. This is a reality that nobody knows because when I moved away, I promised myself I won't show people how weak I actually am. I was so insecure about everything. I didn't know if I was doing the right thing. This is a, like, I came into a foreign country. I know nothing there, like nothing. And I remember um, I cried on my way. Like I was in the cab and I drove past places that I had dates with him, you know, like so cliche, but I was like, I don't know if I can come back to the city because every place reminds me of him. So on my way to the airport already, I'm seeing these places crying my eyeballs out. My mom in the back, she's like, are you that sad about leaving Vienna? Just stay here. And I'm like, no, it's not that. And the thing is, my parents didn't know I had somebody until I moved away. I even recorded it. My I recorded my mom's reaction to when I told her like I had a boyfriend and I broke up with him. And she was like, Some things just come to an end and when you're not like respecting each other, it's better this way. And she was like, It's better when you build the woman you wanna be instead of like having somebody build the woman that you should be. And that Preach. resonates in me. And that's what I'm working on. I'm building myself and maybe this should happen first because I'm afraid somebody will come into my life and then want to shape me and then when they leave me I'm left with nothing because they made me and that's a terrible feeling when somebody else makes you and then they leave what is left and I do believe that it's a toxic relationship absolutely Absolutely. And you can be so in love and it can still be toxic. So whoever is listening to this, if you feel like this resonates in you, 
This is a sign. Dip out of that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Because I had so many warning signs. And it, I never took them seriously. But now, I mean, Daniel is sitting with me here and Hassan. They've been through the breakup with me. Yeah. They've seen it firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> they, like stuff happened that should have already told me, dip out. This isn't like there's no respect anymore. I didn't respect him. He didn't respect me. We were just ugly to each other. Yeah. We made something beautiful so ugly when it could be so easy. It's not working anymore. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I want to tell the people out there. But even if you have it the hard way, take it as a lesson for next time. Take it as a lesson. But yeah, I did cry a lot in the plane as well. And you know what? First night in London, I slept in his hoodie because I missed him. And I, I put a snap in my Instagram story and he saw me wearing his hoodie. And... I feel like he felt it too, what I was feeling. And did I cried. Hmm? Did he reply to that story? Yes, he did. And he actually like kept calling me in my first weeks and he was trying to be a good friend, which I appreciate. And he still is a good person. That's why I could never like talk badly about him because he's always tried his best. I'm just very difficult to deal with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Uh, any questions? I feel like there are two people in here that just know so much about me. They <laughs> have no questions. Yeah. <laughs> they know the stories way too well. There was a, there was a night I took Hassan out for biking from midnight to six in the morning because I couldn't deal with him not replying to me. What? Yes. I just like was crazy. I was crying. I was riding this fucking bike. I was like, <laughs> fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. You didn't message me. You didn't. <laughs> but anyways, I'm gonna quit talking as of now. Anyways, I appreciate anyone listening to this podcast. In the next episodes, I will cover different parts of Naif not going to be too many episodes so um just be prepared for what's next i appreciate anyone supporting me and sharing liking subscribing you know how to rock hey yes you know the deal anyways it's all love and i'm signing out till next time bye <laughs>